Welcome to Well Said, a podcast produced by the Well Community Church and hosted by Mary Graham and Tori Mayo. Our desire is to equip you with the knowledge and confidence to apply a biblical perspective to current topics while building and strengthening connections around our church. Join us as we explore how our faith intersects with the world around us. What's up, friend? Hey. How are you? I'm great. Good. How I'm excited to be here this, this morning, morning with you. Yeah. yeah. We shoot in the mornings, in case you didn't know that. We do. Okay. So, yeah. That's why we have coffee. Uh-huh. Are you doing coffee this morning? Uh, I'm doing non-caffeinated tea because I've already had too much coffee this morning. Mm. That's the, mm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Well, are you ready for your favorite part of every episode? This is just the most delightful. I've actually started to enjoy mm-hmm. them a little bit, mm-hmm. probably because people have been like, hey, I like this part. So, yeah. Okay. I'm chipping away. Okay. Yeah. I'm really excited about this icebreaker because it comes from a dear friend of ours. Yeah. From a well friend long ago who no longer is here, Liz Kreitler. I love you. Shout uh, out, Chase yes. Liz. Yes, yes, yes. So, this one is What is a lyric? that has had a major influence on you? Like a song lyric. A lyric. lyric. Uh, Christian or secular? Both. (laughs) Or either or. Uh, Or either or. Um, A lyric. See, secular, I feel like it's just going to get real ratchet real quick. Like it's probably some (laughs) Jay-Z lyric or... uh, Okay, my ringtone for a while was this Jadakiss song, which... I feel like a lot of our listeners won't even know who Jadakiss is. I don't know who hood rapper. Is. He's a I don't hood. Know who is. He's a little <laughs> bit too hood, yo. Okay. Uh, and it's just a course that just says, we gonna make it like over and over again. And I okay. had that as my ringtone. That actually had a major influence on me for way too many reasons okay. to proclaim. Uh, if I had to go Christian, um, I would probably say uh, there are two KB lyrics that come to my head all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them uh, is in a song he has called Crowns and Thorns. And he says, struggling, oh, I be struggling. My idols are mimicking Jesus. I bury my sin and three days is back up again. Ooh, I think yo, I've heard you quote that a few that times in your so preaching good. over the years, but I'm it's like, so that's how good. sin is, it yo. Is. Okay. Uh, the other one is in a song called The Art of Drifting. And at the end of it, this guy kind of falls away from the Lord, ends up in this like deep sin, loses his wife, all this stuff. And he says, I don't want to be here. I was just a man last weekend. Can I be a king after Bathsheba? But David never danced again. He limped all the way till the end. Mm. And I think about the effects of sin in your life. Yeah. And it's like, David was still a king, but this man limped limping. until the end, yo, never danced again. So, Ooh. Lots of things there. Those are my Those are some good top ones. of the head ones. All okay. right. All right. I am going to combine both, I would say, my Christian and secular into one. How, how does that even... Uh... Because it's a song that I wrote. Does that count? Uh, why is it secular then? Is you like, it's because you're a about... Christian, but it's not a Christian song. Well, it's like, so it's like wasn't meant to be like Christian. It's a Christian song. It's a Christian like, song. Whatever. I'm going to okay. use it anyway. So That's great. I wrote a song... The year after my mom died, on the mm-hmm. day that she died that night, like I spent this whole time writing a song, and there's a lyric in it that just, I don't know, I feel like it's so true. Like, I love remembrance, and so, like, that helps me remember, but also it's true of, like, the Lord. And so the song is about my mother. Mm. So it's, like, not Christian, but it has Christian undertones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the lyric is, your love is a melody my heart will always sing. Mm. So I wrote that about my mom, but I've always wanted that to be true also yeah. of the Lord. That mm. that would be the song that I sing. That's dope, yeah. So 
Yeah. Yours is so much more holy than mine. <laughs> I see that as like a trend coming through. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. That's funny. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Tori? All right. So today we're talking about uh, this idea of gifting, calling. How do I find my calling purpose? What am I supposed to do in life? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Uh, obviously, as a church, we care a lot about our calling. We talk about that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the scripture is actually really big on calling. I think that people are called to different things. Uh, but I feel like there's kind of this like understanding of like, uh, like calling only comes vocationally, mm. like into full-time ministry sort of thing or yeah. into versus like, no, no, no. Like, yes, yes, that's a piece of it. And in fact, people should be asking some of those questions, right. like, am I called to go to the nations? Am I called, right? Especially if you're going to go into full-time as your job, as your vocation, as a missionary, we should not do that yeah. without the Lord's specific ask of Or us. at least some sort of inclination of the Lord's pressing, totally. Yes. But it's like, we're all called to different things. And so how do we find gifting? How do we find calling? That's kind of the direction we're going today. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. So you've yeah. preached on this probably quite a bit, haven't I've you? I've preached on this a lot. <laughs> you know, for whatever reason, it has become, particularly if I do like conferences and stuff like that, uh, like church planting conferences, mm-hmm. things like that, it kind of is the topic that people peg me to uh, speak huh. on. And so there's been a lot on this. And yeah, it's a passion of mine anyway. So I, I do love talking about it. And so... Um, can I actually jump right in? And yeah, kinda, go okay. for it. Set Here's it how I think we find our calling. I'm going to give us the framework up front okay. and then we we'll can dissect it. it and right. yeah. Um, if you're watching, you can see what I'm doing with my hands. If you're listening, try to imagine this is I think that you find calling in uh, combining these three different areas and trying to get to the middle of those three areas. So think of a Venn diagram. Yeah. Right? Okay. So the middle section where all the three different parts overlap. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so in circle number one, what you have is you have uh, like spiritual and natural gifts. Okay. All of us have natural gifts that we have been innately born with. Every single human is created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. So all of us have these things that images God. But then when you get saved, you also get some spiritual gifts. And those things are imparted through the Holy Spirit, our recreation. We're Mm -hmm. recreated to look like God that much more. And so you have natural and spiritual gifts in one circle In the next circle, I think you have your passions and your desires. Mm. Everybody has different passions. Everybody has different desires. Everybody has different, like, this person really cares about the arts. This person really cares about justice. This person really, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but you have passions and desires. And then in the third circle, you have confirmation of community. Mm. That's actually a circle that people often leave out. Mm -hmm. Is your community affirming, encouraging, exhorting you towards certain giftings, Mm or callings, or passions, or can right. they see certain things in you? Yeah. What I love to say is like, uh, like look at yourself, like look at yourself right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, you can't, you do, can't it. do it, right? <laughs> you literally need to pull out your phone or you need help. And yeah. so I can see, like your face defines you. You don't look at your arm and go, oh, that's what I right. look like. It's on your ID, it's on your passport. Right? But you can't see your face. Yeah. And so in a similar way, it's like, hey, some of these things define us it's and yet really we have a hard time seeing it. And so we need others to kind of see that for us or at times to unsee that mm, for us. Mm. You think you're something and somebody's like, ah, not fully. Yeah. So uh, gifts, passions, desires, okay. confirmation of community. 
when you can find that center spot, Mm -hmm. I think you've begun to walk in your calling, your purpose in life. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard you talk about this little Venn diagram was when we were in the marriage group um, that met at your house. And we talked about our personal callings and our couple's callings. And I just think it's so, so helpful. Mm. But I want to kind of help our listeners understand this isn't just like a Toryism or like something that you have coined and it's this like non-biblical piece. So (laughs) how about we look at it in scripture? Yeah, we love that. And see some of what gifting and calling looks like. Totally, totally. Because I think that's helpful. So one of the things I was doing as I was preparing for this podcast was wanting to look at what does it look like in scripture when the Lord does call us? Mm. Where are people's gifts? How are they used in terms of their ministry? All of that, right? So started in Genesis. So that's where we're going to start looking at characters of... Abraham. Mm. Abraham's a big one. It's a big promise, big things like that. And and this is in Genesis 12, if you ever want to look it up. Um, But as I was reading through, and we're going to look at Abraham, Moses, and Joshua real quick. So kind of in order almost even. Totally. And it's really interesting because there are commonalities that we find along the way. So in Genesis, I went to Exodus, Genesis 12, we see the call of Abraham. Mm -hmm. And very clearly we see that it says, and the Lord said. So we see first first, and we're actually going to see that in every single one of these examples that the Lord says it. So I think that should be very encouraging to us as believers because yeah. it's not like it's not uncertain. Right, right. It's never uncertain for us. Like he tells us exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for Abraham, he's asking him to call, he's asking him to go, and he gives us him this really beautiful promise and protection even along the way. And it's very interesting because I think that we often think about these biblical characters as being perfect and Mm. amazing. And like, man, the Lord spoke to them directly. And like, if the Lord would just speak to me directly, then I could Uh figure it out. Uh However, we know that Abraham's calling comes already knowing that Sarah is barren. And the promise that God gives to him is says like the whole world would be impacted by your descendants. Mm. So God specifically calls him and Abraham is doubting his promise of God, doubting the goodness of God, doubting that God will say that he's going to do. And yet God knows that. So tells him specifically what he's going to do. Uh-huh. He tells him that he's going to be with him along the way and he sends him somewhere. So there's yeah. always an action in our response that we're going to see in these stories. For Abraham, it was to go. Uh-huh. Now, when we uh-huh. look at That's Moses, good. Really good. which is in Exodus 3, this is the famous burning bush story. Uh-huh. Just something you wanted to add. You look like you're like stewing over there. Oh, no, you're saying stuff. And I'm like, I want to circle Great. back around to this later. Great. So this is, cool. keep going, keep going. Yeah, so Moses burning bush, same thing. The Lord says to him, God says, again, mm-hmm. should bring us comfort. The Lord is gonna tell us exactly what we're called to do. Now Moses is called to a place and to a people. Okay, yeah. So he's called to go back to Egypt and go to God's people. Hmm. Now, Moses doesn't doubt God's promise. He doubts his own capabilities. That's good. So that should comfort all of us as we're looking at ourselves and like, man, it's hard for me to trust God. Guess what? That doesn't disqualify you. Moses, I can't speak. I'm not good at that. Doubt your capability. That's so interesting. God's going to step right into that as well. And he always ends and he always promises that he will be with us. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Abraham doesn't know where he's headed. Okay. Moses does know where he's headed. And God even tells him the whole plan of how Mm. everything is going to happen. Pharaoh's going to ask you to go. He's not going to let you go. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You're going to take me through. 
the whole thing. Hmm. Moses gets the whole picture. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> uh-huh. Sometimes, so, well, sometimes knowing is burdensome. Sometimes <laughs> knowing is burdensome. Uh-huh. And then really beautifully, I think this hits on some of the like confirmation of community piece we see in Joshua's calling that it's actually Moses laying his hands. That's great. Okay. So there's like that confirmation of community of praying in. It says that he has the spirit of wisdom, mm-hmm. that he was full of wisdom to be strong and courageous. And so Joshua is called as well to go to a place, to go over the Jordan with the Israelite people. So there's a place, there's a people, there's a speaking, mm. and there's a promise that God will be with us. Yeah. No, we've done a lot of Old Testament. And you're like, well, we could go through literally everyone. I looked at Isaiah. I looked at Saul. I looked at David. I looked at Deborah. I looked at Gideon. I looked at Jeremiah, I looked at Ezekiel, mm-hmm. same situation. God says something, God, there's an equipping going on, right? There's a step into like promise, like mm. Abraham going, Moses being able to speak, mm. Joshua with courage, going with courage, all of those things that there's an equipping going on. And then it always ends with God being with us. Yeah. And the same is true for us. Yeah. So when we look at Matthew 28, yes. God tells us, Literally, very clearly to go, oh, go right. to a place, mm-hmm. to a people, to mm. make disciples. Yeah. Acts 1, we're given the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that equips us and empowers us. And the end of the Great Commission says, I will be with you to the end of the age. I totally. think we make this so complicated. And your Venn diagram helps us tease us out and figure it out. But scripture is very clear that God tells us what to do. He equips us to do it. Mm. And he's with us always through it. Yeah, totally. You know, you weren't even in our staff team meeting and we talked about those two verses yesterday, which is funny. (laughs) Yeah, Um, It's interesting. So I wrote down a lot, which you were, go is in all of them. There's Mm -hmm. doubt. Mm-hmm. in almost every person's calling. And it's different. It's different Yeah, doubts. different types of doubt. Yeah. But I'm thinking about everybody that's called. Isaiah doesn't really show a whole lot of doubt, uh, but it seems like De- Deborah doubts her, uh, I'll call it femininity. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't this a man's job type of yes. thing? Jeremiah doubts his age. Abraham doubts God's promise. Mm-hmm. Moses doubts his capability. Like, there's all of these Joshua had to be told over and over again, fear not. Yes. So apparently there was some sort of, right? Three times in his calling it yeah. says that. Yeah. In, well, three times just in chapter one yeah. of Joshua. So yeah. it's like, yeah. So it's interesting that there's a go in all of them. There's also a doubting in all of them. Um, and you said something. What I wrote down, you mm-hmm. actually loosely touched on. Mm. So before I go out. to New Testament yeah. examples, I want to go like, I feel like what people tend to do, and maybe I'll pose it as a question. Okay. Um, is people tend to go, hey, that's great, but like I have not heard the voice of God. Like mm. I don't know what that looks like. Um, how do I know if God is actually talking to me? Like h- how do I know what God is calling me to do if mm-hmm. I don't hear God's voice? I would actually love to do a future way, maybe yeah. season two, season three of like what how do you hear God's hear voice? Yeah. yeah, because I think that people really struggle with that. Um, but I-, I think it's a genuine question. It's probably the one I get most when thinking about how all the scriptural calls mm. really do have God like speaking Very in the clear, midst of it. audible. Totally. Yeah. And so I, I don't know, just off the cuff, I, this is not prepped, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. what would you say to that? If you're discipling me, we're yeah. in a relationship, I'm like, man, I hear you, but like, I've never heard God. Yeah. I think that there are two, one primary way that God speaks to us, and that's the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So utilizing that, looking for— Look at what I wrote down. Scripture. You uh-huh, crossed off one. Go uh-huh. ahead. <laughs> is like one of our greatest gifts. I mm-hmm. mean, this is living and active. It is not just words on a paper. We believe that it is 
the Lord's words. Like scripture talks about it being active, like a double-edged sword to pierce bone, marrow, and spirit. Like this is a living thing that speaks to us. It's why often too, like we talk about, you can read a verse and find infinite wisdom for the rest of time because in this season and in this way, and after you've learned this, you can see this. And so I think the word is the most powerful and the most trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And then we often talk as a church about being spirit empowered. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. Man, it's like we have been friends for a long time. (laughs) We're like, we're in the same church or something. You're putting my (laughs) same notes on here. Yeah, that's good, that's good. Yeah, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, tells us, prompts us. Obviously, we always want to check that with the word because anything, you know, there's a lot of uh, things going out there. The people prophesying saying, the Lord told me to tell you. Did he though? Did he actually? Again, we can talk about this on another episode. The Lord told some people Jesus was coming back like 30 years ago. Yes. Yeah. It's not not (laughs) happening, but we always cross it with the word and always seek for it to be true. But I think those are the two mains. Like we need to be a spirit empowered, prayerful people. Yeah. Um, I know there are times in my marriage where like Scott and I are kind of on a different page and we ask Mm. for the Lord to give us. And then somehow we end up coming to the same conclusion. Like the Lord has spoken to us mostly through here. Yeah, that's really good. Got anything to add? Uh, Only thing I would add to that. Yes, spirit, scripture, those things. Uh, I think that for some people, uh, you actually named two of your three examples were people that got called when they were 70 and 80 years old. So I think sometimes we think, oh, if I don't feel this call by the time I'm 25, then I'm wasting my life. Interesting. It's like, no, God has already given you a significant Mm. amount of callings, commands. Yeah. Like go make disciples. That is a call for every single Christian that exists. So you don't got to wonder, oh, what's my call? It's like, no, that is a literal part of your Mm -hmm. call. Now you may not have your final calling, what we're kind of talking about later today. Yeah. Until what if you're 70? What if you're 80? For some people, it's when they're 14, 15, 16, like Jeremiah, mm-hmm. right? So I think that for people not to put a timeline on yeah. it, you know, C.S. Lewis doesn't even come to faith until he's in his 50s so or whatever. True. Or even thinking and about, then, it makes me think about David. Like right. he was called and told what he was going to do. That man spent a lot of time waiting for that to come to fruition. Joseph, so, Joseph oh, having so dreams true. and junk, and this dude's in jail for decades. For like, yeah, you know like what 20 I mean? years like, between getting sent or yes, something similar yes, to that. Between the yeah. call, jail, rising up totally. So anyway, so just to maybe put some uh, expectations mm-hmm, on it mm-hmm. in a helpful way. It's really good. I think to your point too, the Old Testament, you see the exact same thing in the New Testament, mm-hmm. okay? And I want to start to bleed this diagram back yes, into this a little bit so we can tease it out some. Um, you think about somebody like Peter, for example. Let's think about natural and spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. Natural gifts, Peter probably had the gift of gab in some way, shape, <laughs> or form, right? Uh, for good and for bad. <laughs> this man had his foot in his mouth often, And yet, what you see is post-ascension, who is the first person to ever give a sermon? Mm, After Jesus, a first sermon in the New Testament is Peter that we see, that we see, that we have uh, capable to us, right? And so it's like, okay, this natural gift, this thing that actually got him in trouble, Mm -hmm. this thing that made him deny the Lord because he's so ready to talk and so ready to explain Mm -hmm. and so ready, natural gift is now being re-equipped in a way that is an edification to the church, to the lost world. I mean, what is it? 3,000 people get saved that day? Yeah. It's like, okay, this comes through this man's, it seems like he had this gift before he even believed in mm-hmm. Jesus, natural gift of communication. 
What it doesn't seem like Peter has is a whole lot of compassion or shepherding. Mm. And yet, after getting saved, God says, hey, I'm going to build the church upon you. And if you fast forward to 1 Peter, this man is clearly oh, so a shepherd. Loving. He's suffering with mm-hmm. them. He loves them. He calls himself like a fellow heir. He does not exalt himself. Even though the entire church is being built off of Peter's leadership, mm-hmm. he does not see himself as this... That is totally different from the Peter that we read yeah. early on in the Gospels, who seems to have almost this like air of arrogance yeah. at times. So what it sounds like is like oftentimes God will take the natural giftings that he's given us that have mm-hmm. been somewhat marred by the world and our brokenness and our flesh and then restores and redeems them as he does everything else for his good purpose. Exactly. So our natural gifts are then enhanced mm-hmm. when we become believers. Mm-hmm. And then the Holy Spirit gives to us as well a way to specifically serve his body and his people. thousand percent. Yep. And you see that in somebody like Peter's life. Confirmation of community. Yeah. Jesus told him. So that's (laughs) That's, pretty good community. (laughs) Yeah, pretty good. Uh, But also like everybody else did too. Like people were really clearly, think about when Peter got like busted out of jail by the Mm. angel and people are like praying, like we want this man to lead us. Like, it was clear that the community was responding mm-hmm. to God's call on his life, affirming this call of God, right? Yes. And then you think about like passions and desires. It was really clear what Peter was passionate about. It really was the exaltation of Christ. Even in his kind of messed up, maybe mm-hmm. not fully, he didn't have full vision yet. A little bit of lack of maturity. Yeah, there even. we go. Lack yeah. of maturity. Think about like Acts 10 where Peter's like, I will never Touch, I will never touch unclean food. Okay, what are you seeing? You're seeing some passion. You're seeing mm-hmm. some zeal. Yeah. I want to be holy before the Lord. Now, fast forward to 1 Peter 2 when he says, hey, be holy like God is holy. Mm-hmm. Same passion, but now redeemed. Refined. Refined, yes. right? Restored. And so, so it seems like Peter both has had some of these. They've been sanctified, matured, mm-hmm. sharpened. And he was gifted some of these. And those coming together kind of helped him find that center point of his calling. Contrarily, you look at somebody like Paul, mm-hmm. almost the exact same thing. We could do the same thing I just did with Peter. But what you see in Paul is what you mentioned in all of the other saints of kind of this like, the other saints had doubt. Mm-hmm. Paul maybe didn't necessarily have doubt, but he did have some disqualifications. Yeah, It seemed like out of everybody, Paul was the least qualified to be able to do this. It seems like out of everybody, Abraham is the least qualified to Mm -hmm. be a father of many nations because this man can't have kids. Right. It seems like out of everybody, Moses is the least qualified because this dude stutters. Yeah. Right? It seems like out of everybody, Paul is not qualified to lead and plant churches because he's murdering churches. Yes. And Christians. Like, and yet God then takes that, redeems that where he's weak, God becomes strong. And Mm -hmm. so I think for us to recognize, sometimes God wants to call you and qualify you Mm -hmm. in areas that you seem to be disqualified in. But if God has not disqualified you, then you are not. Like God can redeem this. And so uh, kind of taking those stories and just, you can do, once again, like you did, multiple New Testament Mm -hmm. examples. Also, by the way, well, you don't have this in your show notes, but you should just take a picture of all the stuff you did there and <laughs> post it on there because there's a lot of good work and you just skipped over a lot of it. Well, I t- really nobody good. wants to hear me talk yeah, for 15 minutes about the really Old good. Testament except it's maybe my really husband. Good. I'm wearing him down on my love for the Old Testament. <laughs> that's really good. So anyway, so that's how I see it playing out in the New yeah, Testament too. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah.
It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, I want to hear, even as we think about it, so you were a teacher, Mm -hmm. you have your master's in Mm -hmm. education and curriculum development, stuff like that. Uh, And then all of a sudden now you feel called into ministry. And so I want to get really personal here to even help maybe listeners to understand like, how do I begin to find this? We just went through the scriptures. Mm -hmm. What does it look like though in our own personal life? Kind of going back to that question, what if I don't hear God? How do I, how does, how does confirmation community actually look? What is this? So I kind of want to hear this a little bit and I want to kind of interject our own stories. Okay. As we kind of tease apart the Venn diagram here. Yeah, totally. And so I'm actually going to start out of our order and that we oh, have one here okay. and out of the order I just laid it Be out. Be careful, okay. guys. Be careful. <laughs> um, but I want to hear confirmation of community first okay. for you. Like, how did you know that you're supposed to leave teaching, mm-hmm. come into ministry, particularly through the lens of your community around the community. you? Yeah. I think that for me, it honestly started with spiritual gifts and natural gifts and how those were playing out in my life. Um, But the final confirmation of the actual move was confirmation of community. And so um, I, as Tori said, had been teaching for six years, literally had just finished my master's degree, was looking to do some things. There were even talks from big wigs saying, hey, like, would love for you to eventually do this within the district and all of these like beautiful path laid before mm. me and was just like, no. And at that time in our church, we did not have anyone doing worship. We were, it was Casey and I, and we'd at some point had like a couple of bands and other things. And like, <laughs> honestly, I'd always wanted to lead worship. Like that was something in my heart that I just always loved and dreamed and like, you know, but needed to be very practical. My father very much encouraged me to mm. have like a real job. Mm, mm. And so love Because what we do in a real. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. Um, like, <laughs> look at how all of this has served me the Lord. But but yeah, I was like, totally. dad, I want to go. I wanted to go to Belmont University and like do worship leading. My dad was like, really no, do. Uh-huh. no. So got did teaching and was using my gifts and things like that. But just threw things at the well. Like, I I don't know if anybody knows this, but I actually applied for the worship position knowing that I was not qualified because mm, I don't mm. know anything about audio. That's partially why we have Austin <laughs> is that I just, I don't know diddly squat. I can pick songs. I can do chord charts. And I've always had this musical, whatever, and even confirmation of community. Like mm-hmm. the very first time that we came to y'all's community group, the Henrys were leaving and he had been doing worship for us. And we were kind of praying over different things and different people. And I just kind of was like, I've actually been really feeling like I need to step into doing worship again. Do Mm. do y'all need help? And so prayed over this. The next week I started seeing with KC, kept going through whatever. There was one time, I don't even know if Amanda Henry does this, but some of the first times I was at church, we sat behind Amanda and she turned around. She was like, oh, you can sing. Like, have you ever thought about, you know? And it was just like these like little, Mm. it started with community. It actually started with Amanda Henry doing it. And Mm. then we went to the community group and then it slowly went from there to even like, we were looking for a worship pastor. I think you even let me know that there were some people within our congregation that had emailed you and asked if it was something that thought that I could do. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of spiraled from there. And just always these like community was really a driving force and like even considering whether mm-hmm. or not I should mm-hmm. start there. So yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, I remember a really specific time with you uh, where when you did 
decide to jump all in and mm-hmm. join the team where uh, I remember watching you really care for this specific individual mm. that you would just love on and nurture. I thought, okay, that's like a gift of shepherding that I think virtually everybody in ministry, even people playing in the background, need to have some semblance mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And I was watching you just like shepherd and love on and encourage. And I remember telling you that like, hey, like mm-hmm. this is such a good example. And so to that, and I think about even, you know, uh, we didn't mention this character yet, but like Timothy, where it's like, he actually had doubt of all of this calling, but it was like Paul and many others were like, no, like, listen, you've had hands laid on you. you we mm-hmm. see this. You So Timothy couldn't even see it. And Paul was like encouraging. It's like, you see all throughout the scriptures, this need for yeah. community to be a part of of us understanding what mm-hmm. we're really called to do. Yeah, and it's and it's super interesting too that you say it thinking about that because it was like I knew I wasn't qualified to do the worship job and yet I did it anyway and we found the right person at the right time for that and you guys offered me a residency which means that at the ripe age of 30 I left a paying job mm. to come into ministry without an end point without knowing what was going to happen but seeing that that was still something that God asked me to do and that community affirmed mm. was the right thing to do. It almost became so much that I was like, I would be disobedient mm. not to like try, even though it made no sense. Yes. It was going to create a lot more difficulties and it did. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, so totally. community was a huge driving force. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I think about another circle natural spiritual gifts and thinking about like in my own story I feel Mm -hmm, similar to Peter mm -hmm. it's like uh, I remember in first grade my teacher got strep uh, and couldn't teach Hmm. but had already used up her PTO from some other thing (laughs) and so she asked me to teach the class for the whole week and I did like every subject I look back and I'm like, I ain't get paid for that joint, yo. Like, we're my reparations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but it's like, I literally taught the the whole week. And so it's like, okay, from very early on, these people were able to, so kind of some confirmation community, almost in a backwards way, mm. but also some pretty clear natural gifts of like communication and things like that. And then upon coming to faith, not only were those taken, kind of redeemed, but then these other gifts, the reason I see it in Peter's life so easily, like the mm. shepherding is like, I ain't care about people. <laughs> like, not like that, you yeah. know? Yeah. And now it's the deepest, like, burden of my heart is yeah. the love of the church. Like, I love the church of God. And I would say that's probably the thing that people would most say about you. Mm. At least if they really know you. Like, it's mm. the first thing that I think about mm. is like you being a shepherd. Yeah, thank you. And then in a fan- phenomenal communicator. Thanks, Joe. So that's encouraging. Thank you. I received that. Thank you. Um, And praise God. And and genuinely praise God. It's like, I didn't have that before. Mm. And now I'm saved. And now all of a sudden I do. Where is that gift coming from? And so understanding how God has gifted, wired, I think plays into Mm -hmm. finding our sweet spot in the midst of that. And so I I think about that. Quick sidebar. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that at times in our culture, and at the very end today, we're we're kind of starting to circle around third base here. But uh, I want to talk about how we maybe err on some of these strong sides. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to kind of tease that in right here. I think about uh, like, uh, I'll get really specific culturally, like a Nigerian 
culture mm-hmm. or Korean culture where there's kind of this emphasis on the family of like, hey, uh, faithfulness looks like being a doctor, a lawyer, mm. or an engineer. And then all of a sudden, there's this almost pressure to pursue this, whether or not there's passion and desire, mm. whether or not there is natural or spiritual gifts. It's just kind of this confirmation of community that is coming from a family that is kind of saying, so now all of a sudden you have people that are in fields that they don't even really feel fully called to. They don't feel fully thriving in. And yet there's like kind of this pressure to do that, to really make money because it's like money or success or comfort or whatever mm-hmm. becomes the calling on one's life versus like sacrifice kingdom building. Yeah. So even as people kind of wrestle with their call, it's like, no, I think thinking through even things like that, now, some of them are, and we're going to talk about this in a second too, not all calling is uh, professional, vocational. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Calling does not have to be what you do for a job. Correct. The easy example I always give is like, if you are called to be a phenomenal father, that's what you feel like. God has called me, at least in this season, to just raise my kids really well. Mm-hmm. And then you get offered a job that pays you $300,000 a year, but you have to fly out, mm-hmm. of the, to, out of the town, out of the city, out of the state, out of the country four or five days out of the week, three, four weeks a month. Like it's Mm -hmm. really hard for you to be a like phenomenal father Mm -hmm. when that is what your life looks like. So maybe you should say no to that job because you know what your call is. Yes. And so we got to add in these other external factors, things like that, where it's like, now listen, other people may take that job Mm -hmm. because they feel like they want to provide. And that's actually what they feel like God's called them to do for missionaries, for their family, for other areas. And they don't feel that Mm -hmm. as much. And they have a spouse that's able to manage that. That's totally okay. So it's not a sin to do that. Right. And we need both. Yes. We need both. We're not all going to be called to the same thing. Exactly. We're not all going to have, and even maybe both of these people have giftings to do that job. Exactly. Super, super well. But is what has the Lord asked which one? Totally. Scott and I joke all the time that I actually would have loved, like I probably would have been a really good engineer. And Mm -hmm. I think I honestly would have really loved it. Mm. So just, I mean, it doesn't always line, like you have to ask the right questions. And I think that's some of what we're wanting is like, just because your community confirms it doesn't mean that that's always right. Exactly. When you were talking to me about this, the the best example you gave of like bad confirmation of community is the American Idol thing Mm. that you were saying that Uh like (laughs) on that show, Uh when you have uh people go up there and they sing so badly, but Uh they think that they can sing. It's like, who told you that you had any giftings and had any business doing this? You have no friends or... Or bad friends. Right. <laughs> we need healthy community. Uh-huh. And just because you have a natural gift doesn't mean that that's the way that God wants to use it. There okay. may be other yes. ways. And that's where my kind of story shifts with like the spiritual mm. natural mm. giftings. It was like when I was teaching, I felt like I was only using part of who I was. There was like, I'm a, I hope that y'all have seen that I'm a decent communicator. <laughs> and I loved teaching and I loved, and there were some like things with that. And I liked doing worship and that was my natural giftings and things like that. But it was like, you need that like, not just the confirmation community, not Mm. just the spiritual natural good giftings. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so I can sing pretty decently. Okay, so I can say some nice things. But like, where does that play out in terms of actually finding it? It's like, you have to ask the Lord. You have to use all three of these together in a healthy view and a healthy vision 
or you wind up choosing the $300,000 job when you need to be a father. Exactly. So, totally. Yeah. Or to hit on the last one, passions and desires. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to hit on this. This gets tricky for people. Mm -hmm. I want to hit on it in the positive and the negative. But to use Great. what you just said, you really like art. And so then you begin to pursue being an artist when you have no calling to actually do that because you're only leaning on your passions and desires. Mm -hmm. There's no confirmation of community. There's actually maybe not even full natural spiritual gifts happening here. There's just, so people can accidentally, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like be extreme, mm -hmm. right? They can mm -hmm. fall on one extreme end of the circle right. and not try to get toward that center. And you see that all the time with like, I have people who I love, people in my family yeah. who it's like, I know you're really passionate about this. Praise God. Like that's, you mm -hmm. should be, but you are not very gifted in this or this is pretty clearly not what the Lord wants you to do, but you don't see it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, passions, desires, those sorts of almost emotive yes. sort of feelings almost. Uh, talk about it from like maybe the negative yeah. end. How do you know maybe some of your calling based on some quote unquote negative feelings? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good question because I think that oftentimes um, people focus more on the passion side. And honestly, it was things that made me angry that yeah. helped me decide and really learn like what I do care about and what I don't and how to like use that to like sift through my spiritual and natural giftings with the confirmation community. Cause like, I'm not bad at doing music. Mm -hmm. I'm really not. Mm -hmm. I love music. It's had a massive impact on my life. There's some, I feel like some spiritual gifting in doing that. Totally. Some natural gifting. My grandmother and mother and brother are phenomenal singers and musicians. But the like the desire to like, actually like pastor people mm -hmm. in worship mm -hmm. full time mm. is like not the right passion. I have the the desire to like be a part of that, but not to lead that. Yeah, that's and really so good. That was a really good confirmation. I hope y'all are catching this. What she's saying here is really key. Keep going. Yeah, that that's not something that I should keep pursuing. So I'm like, okay, well you asked me, like the Lord called me to be a worship resident. So what does that mean? So looking at all of those things put together, the spiritual and natural giftings of communication and shepherding and leadership and some of those types of things, along with confirmation of community and some of the like devotionals. And I wrote the worship residency as a worship resident because we didn't have anything written down. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, as I thought back to teaching, the mm -hmm. things that like freaking tipped me over the edge is like, I always, and this is funny that you, that you even mentioned the like person in the community group that I gravitated toward. Like I did, I gravitated towards those same kids in teaching, mm -hmm. like the ones that were, and not to say this about that person, I'm now separating these two, but the kids, students that were like, sort of like the untouchable ones, the mm -hmm. ones that were misunderstood, that were, had a tough home life that were like almost impossible that just had a bad setup in life were like the ones that I just like, they always ended up in my class. A lot of them always had special needs. Mm. A lot of them were always troublemakers. They were always boys too. Mm. Except there's one girl, there's one girl. But it was just like these, and they would be mistreated by people and mm. they would be misunderstood. And like kind of pulling all that together, it's like looking at like some of the negative things, like that idea of like the wrong kind of justice or mm. like, 
you know, if I'm really honest with myself, I worship more reading the word of God than I often do leading worship. Wow. So another good, like, but when people misunderstand this, it like sends me into a freaking tizzy and I like yeah. want to teach and I want to help communicate and I want to help give understanding and I want people to be seen. And I think those are all the things the Lord wants to do that shifts me to resourcing. Mm. I want people to mm. see how much God loves them. I want people to understand this word so that they can live in that love and do things for his kingdom. It came from that negative, like not seeing justice that angered me. It was an anger mm, mm, yeah, that I yeah. like began to tease apart with my giftings, this like understanding of what my actual passions are that helped me sift through. Okay. So I'm, I'm decent and quite a few things. How do I know which one? It's mm. like, well, the passion desires came through. I also have a degree in it. God set that up on purpose. There's mm -hmm. confirmation of community. We need some help resourcing. And so that's why I'm the resource coordinator and not yeah. worship. Totally. So good. For many so other good. reasons, but yes. Sure. But yeah. a simplified version of that. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Uh, there's going back to lyrics. There's a, a Christian rapper who says, uh, and tell me what drives you up a wall because mm. your greatest frustration is a problem that you are here to solve. Mm. That is if God gave you the tools to pull it off. If he did, then get up off of your stool and get involved. Ooh, and good. so I love, that's and so irony, good. he's taking some of these, hey, if he gave you the tools, yep. natural spiritual gifts, yep. but he's touching this idea of like, hey, what makes you mad? Like mm -hmm. maybe that's how you find what yeah. your calling is. Yeah. To your Which very I, point. Yeah. Go, no, you go. You I was go. gonna say, just ironically, to Paul, mm -hmm. like what he was murdering people for ends up becoming what he is like Yeesh. most passionate Straight about. Up. And what God utterly That's redeems. Really, nah, I didn't even think about that. That's really Interesting. good. That's really good. Yeah. Uh same same for me. Like people not understanding the word that drives me up a wall. I'm like, gosh. Not because I'm mad at them. That, that's sad, not what the emotion is. It's sad. It hurts. It's yeah. like, gosh, if you knew, like if you knew, I yeah. want you to know. So I think understanding our negative mm -hmm. desires, passions, like the reverse end. I think too on the positive end, like, hey, what, what excites you? What exhilarates you? What gives you life? You already kind of mentioned that a little bit. It's mm -hmm. like, I actually worship more reading the word than singing the word in some ways. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, that actually is a positive side of these mm -hmm. passion desires. And I won't even go into that much because I think people tend to get that. But it's like, man, some people really, really love uh, whatever, like leading worship. Mm -hmm. And they they love it. And it becomes their number one, like, gosh, I desire to do this. Mm -hmm. So maybe God's called them to be on the worship team, right? Yeah. Uh, if community affirms it and if they're actually good at it, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like, And things like that. And so I think about like, some of the things that I get positively excited about, whereas passion, desire, positive, even in my own life, is like, I love the local church, mm. clearly. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's a good thing. <laughs> I get, I, I, it tends to not come from a negative emotion. It tends to come from like, when I see people not doing what they're supposed to do, I don't get as angry. So I don't see it on the negative side, if mm, you will. The agitation. Uh, the agitation that turns into a holy zeal, not a, mm -hmm. you know, some people get agitated like Nehemiah and rip out people's beards. That That's the wrong type <laughs> of agitation, right? Uh, some people get agitated like Nehemiah sees the wall broken down. He's mm -hmm. like, we got to do something about this. Yeah. So even in Nehemiah's story, you see mm -hmm. a positive, negative, expression mm -hmm. of passions and desires. Mm -hmm. But I think about like in my own life, it's like, yo, I get really encouraged when I see people living into this belief of like, God can really begin to mm -hmm. redeem the world. through, And it excites me. It gives me joy. It gives me energy. And so positively, I can mm -hmm. kind of see that as well. Right? Yeah. And I think it's interesting because like, 
I think that's so true of you, even in the way that you talk about building the church and wanting that for us, even within staff meetings, it Hmm. comes from a place of love. And when it's because of positive passion and desire, I think it calls people to it Mm. because you start talking about getting ready to run. I'm like, let's go (laughs) from like the heart and the love Mm -hmm. of, of people. And I think that that's true when we're operating in those passions and desires is it also leads others Mm. into God's mission and God's plan for their lives. Like we see the laying on of the hands. Moses saw that Joshua was wise. And so he'd been faithful, right? He'd already been with him. He'd watched all these things. He'd like lingered at the tent, like, we saw things and so there was a laying on of a hands and encouragement and you do the same thing with the mm. passions when you see and we spur on. And so um, it's important that we share these. Yeah, yeah. It's important that we find them. 100%, yeah. Okay, so wrapping it up, like, okay, so now what? Mm-hmm, Idea, mm-hmm. right? Um, what does it look like for, I think, people to begin to walk in this? Maybe it's almost, if you have some things lingering in your mm-hmm, head of like mm-hmm. kind of circling all these ideas together, finding the center, I have two. I'm going to start okay. with one. Go and for then, it. Is that fine? Yeah, go. Um, I, I think about, once again, like for people to begin to find calling, I, I want to go back to, hey, like spend time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Spend time in the scriptures. Understand that there's a lot of people that God did not call until way later in life. Understand there's a lot of people that God only gave a calling to for like a really brief moment in time. Like, hey, I want mm. you to do this one task and that's it. Then after that, I want you to operate in the general call that I have for Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. to be fruitful and multiply, to cultivate the earth, to fill it, to like do your jobs well, to love your family well, to Mm -hmm. love your neighbor well. The amount of calls that God has in our life that are commands are extraordinary. So if we never hear the audible voice of like, this is what you're supposed to do. There's a lot of things we're supposed to do yeah, I would already say that's false. laid out. Yeah, straight we do. Up. I'm touching we and pointing already, at yes, the Bible. We yeah. already have it, exactly. So if we don't have it more specifically, we have it very mm-hmm. specific still and very general in that sense as well. So I think for some people, they can get so wrapped up in this. And once again, if they feel like they're 25, they've not heard it, now they're wasting their life. Mm-hmm. Not true. Mm-hmm. So I think for people to begin to understand like, hey, okay, be patient. Wait on the Lord, listen for the Lord, trust the scriptures, ask your community, get involved. Yeah. We talk about that often at the well. It's like, hey, if you, if you begin to try to practice some of these things, mm-hmm. you'll begin to see what it is. And sometimes you'll have no idea that what God wants you to do is be an elder at a church for multiple terms, multiple years as you continue to grow in maturity Mm -hmm. in your life. You haven't even seen that because you've yet to even disciple somebody because you're not following the basic call. So now it's hard for you to find God's greater call because Mm -hmm. you're not being obedient in the basic things. So I think obedience is a big piece to kind of finding calling, responding to how God is leading us. Sometimes he almost leaves breadcrumbs, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And so before I felt called, oh, by no means, it's to lead you somewhere, right? And so early on, it's like, gosh, I felt called to begin to pour into one of my friends. Then I felt called to like lead a Bible study at my school on Mm -hmm. my football team. Then I felt called to actually teach something. Then I felt, and it was like, oh, so you were faithful with a little. Exactly. And then we're given much. Exactly. I've heard that before. That's scriptural, by the way. (laughs) I don't think Luke 12, 48, I think is the reference. It's like, gosh, this is so important. And um, 
I don't think that my like quote unquote final call is even full in front of mm. me yet. I think I'm operating in what God has placed before me, but I felt my call expand. Mm. I felt it not change, but it's like, okay, I was obedient to that. Now the next one. Mm-hmm. So getting involved, being obedient, well, I think is kind of another way that you find that sweet spot in the midst of all of this. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so good. I think the being faithful, kind of trying to sum up, be faithful in a little, you'll be given much. I think we also need to remember that there's a thousand people who have been faithful to the Lord that have not been written in here and done the most incredible things. Like if we just even think back on our own history, yep. people that have known the Lord and changed history uh-huh. because of it, uh-huh. right? Like hospitals, yep. that's a Christian thing. Yep. We don't see them in the Bible, but yep. like they have changed the... So there is... It's okay to not be named. It's okay to not be get this revolutionary, the sky is parting. Like faithful obedience allows us to partake in God's kingdom in a way that will impact eternity. Yes, We cannot forget that yes. even in small ways. And so thinking about and knowing what our spiritual aspects, I think it'd be super simple to just take these three ideas and like play them out. So passions and desires. What things do you really care about that like, like ignite this excitement in mm-hmm. you like teaching for me like I had still have this note from one of my really difficult kids that after he finally got something he wrote me a sticky note as a thank you and put it on my desk mm. and I've kept it because mm. like that just he was so frustrated because he couldn't figure out and as soon as his whole face lit up and mm-hmm. like that understanding is just something that ignites <sighs> in yeah. me, you know, like, I don't know. It's a passionate <laughs> desire. Knowing that helps me when opportunities come up to say, I only have a limited amount of time. Mm. Maybe I should choose this instead. Yeah. The same is true for spiritual naturally and giftings. I know a lot of times women have trouble saying no. I am a woman who does that. Knowing what my spiritual and natural gifts are help me to say, I could do that, but should I do that? Mm. Yes or no to something. Mm. Confirmation of community, same thing. So just even knowing what these three things are, I think also like the way we grow in confirmation of community, discipleship relationships are huge for that as a shameless plug for our community. Like we talk about wanting to grow in community groups, but like an even more important way than just biblical community and on a weeknight is like personal discipleship where mm-hmm. someone knows you intimately. You knew me well enough to be able to speak things to me that helped affirm my mm-hmm. step into ministry. Yeah, yeah. Your wife did. She was discipling me at the time. Like there, there's an important level for that. So understanding those three things really well and just faithful obedience. Yeah. Small steps leads to bigger and bigger impact. And you may not even know it until God gives you this light, flashlight to look back and be like, holy smokes, yep, look at yep. what you did. Seriously. And that's what we, that's what living in all of this is. It yeah. can be this big revolutionary moment or small faithful obedience mm. that builds the kingdom. That's the whole reason why we want to live in our calling is to push back darkness, to yeah. build God's kingdom, to be who we were made to be, to let yeah. God restore and redeem these things in us that he wants to purpose for something greater. Totally. Um, I think I'll close with this thought. My my second thought to all of this is I feel like um, calling can almost be accidentally discouraging because when you're confused to it or when Mm. you feel like you're not walking in it, you feel this condemnation of Mm. the enemy. So so now going back to spiritual warfare, past two episodes, it's like, I think that there is this element of... uh, 
of really the deceiver's temptation mm-hmm. to trick us, to deceive us, and to say, hey, you are not who God is making you to be. Mm-hmm. You are not who you're supposed to be because you don't know your calling or because you're mm-hmm. not walking in this specific thing or because you failed in this. Let's talk about how every single person we've named so far has also failed in their calling. Mm. Abraham's mm. having other kids. Yep. Moses is like, you know, like you got to bring Aaron to do this. He didn't even and make this it to the promised land. This dude didn't even make it to the promised land. This dude didn't even make it to Egypt before yeah. he was almost killed by the yeah. Lord. Hello. Yeah. Right? Like, so true. And so you have all of these different people. We can go through every person. And Joshua gets deceived, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like— In his own gifting of wisdom. Strike contrast. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. In their— li- so we got to understand that like, hey, like our calling is going to be in conflict with That's really good, Tori. darkness mm-hmm. because usually our, not usually, always our calling is about advancing the kingdom of God. Yes. So when we start to walk in it and then we feel that, hey, there's going to be times where we get tripped up sometimes because we're acting flagrant like David mm-hmm. and we almost jack up all of our calling because of our own sin Sometimes because of confusion, mm-hmm. like with a Jeremiah where he's like, gosh, I feel like yes. I'm doing the right thing, but I don't see the results. I'm confused. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't. Really it good. feels like you're stumbling through the darkness. So I feel like the enemy wants to discourage us mm. here. But I feel like what the Lord wants to do is encourage us and say, hey, no, I've chosen you. Mm-hmm. If you're a redeemed child of God, it's because I want you and I've chosen you and I've placed my spirit inside of you to do something. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 tells us very clearly after explaining the whole gospel that we are God's poema, Mm -hmm. is the Greek word, poetry. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand. Mm -hmm. Before you got saved, God prepared so that you can walk that we might walk in them is how that verse ends. And so it's like, this is meant to be an encouragement as we like journey with the Lord, not a discouragement. What Satan wants to do is say, you're not doing what God's mm-hmm. called you to do. You're worthless. Yeah. Don't forget about to, sanctification. What we need to combat that with yeah. is literally like, hey, even if there's truth to that, today there are mm-hmm. new mercies yes. and I can choose Amen. to walk in what God has called me to. So I want to end with a lift of say, hey, don't be discouraged if you feel like, I don't know my call or I do know it and I've been kind of doing something else, stop doing the other thing. Mm-hmm. And today, mm-hmm. start walking in what God's called us towards. That's good. What we'll find is life. What we'll find is like what God has before us is beauty, mm-hmm. is the redemption of his humanity, is us getting to play in this grand story of God and unbelievably, uh, almost, I'm not gonna say inappropriate ways. We just don't deserve it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yet he wants us in it. It's beautiful. And so I just kind of want to end with that. Mm, that was very, very well said. Come on. You were well said too. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well said. Well said, right. everybody. Well said. <laughs> hey, we love y'all. See y'all next week. Bye. Peace. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and share. For more information, visit our website at www.thewellaustin.com slash podcast.